everybody. Welcome back to Feedback Loop. I'm Joey. And I'm Jeremy. And this week, we're listening to an album with a really long name. Um, it's <laughs> Al- Alone in the Bright Lights of a Shattered Life by the Library Tapes. Or just Library Tapes, not the Library Tapes. They're not like a punk band from the early 2000s. Because <laughs> um, they all had the fun. Yeah, it was like, the, the bl- I can't think of any. The Ramones. Any, yeah, there we go. The Ramones. Clash. They're from the early 2000s. The early 2000s, <laughs> the Ramones, yeah. <laughs> Woo, pretty sure already... half of them. Pretty sure half of them were dead by that time. <laughs> yeah, well, we're we're already off to a rip roaring start. Why did we do this album, Joey? Because Why did you force this upon me? So we've been trying to listen to albums that we aren't really super familiar with, and just to do that, I looked through my old notebook of songs to listen to and albums to listen to, and this band was on there, but they had they had a check mark by their name. Like I had listened to them, but I remembered nothing about the album. So I figured, whatever, we'll give it another listen. And when you when you listened to it this week, did it did it bring back any memories? Like, oh yeah, this is that album kind of a thing. Not even almost. I expected it to, but it, I was just like, yep, completely foreign. Yeah, it's, nice. Which I mean, that happens sometimes. I get in a groove when I'm like working, and that's whenever I listen to music, yeah. which I probably shouldn't, but because I don't really retain too much. It's like whenever my mom's talking to me while I'm playing video games or something. Uh, yeah, just like does that yeah. happen often? It used to happen, and she would get so pissed. She'd be like, I told you to clean your room. We have company coming over. And I'm like, oh, I was playing Spider-Man, Mom. Hell yeah. Good old Spider-Man for the PlayStation and or PC. It was it was the PlayStation. It was it was Spider-Man 2. Oh. Yeah. That's, that was probably PS2 era. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. We listened to this album for the past week, and now we're going to tell you what we what we think of it, I guess. Yeah. That's I guess we shouldn't. We tend, that's what we tend to do. We shouldn't just keep droning on like a broken piano or something. Yeah, we don't need to. We we don't want to make this episode so long as to have a part two of of it either. So, yeah. w- without further ado, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna rhyme. I was gonna. I was oh gonna come on, to man! <laughs> Track number one, broken piano part two. There we go. Which is always a fun way to start an album with a part two. Yeah, having it's... part one later in the album. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, it's a little wonky, but you know, it's I'm here for it. So um, this one, I guess, since neither of us really know anything about it, I'll I'll start. Yeah, take it away. Um, but yeah, it starts off with essentially what sounds like an old clanky piano fits right in with the name broken yeah. piano. Um, the kind I feel like you'd find in an abandoned rec room. Like whenever this guy's playing it, I instantly get flashed back to whenever I was pretty young i went to a a catholic school as i have mentioned and there was like seriously maybe like a hundred something kids in this whole school Mm -hmm. and so it was empty a lot of the times and since there was a church attached to it there was all sorts of organs and pianos and i just get like you know those liminal spaces you see online where it's like oh it's a it's a weird 90s carpet with the white walls and it feels like you're in a separate universe it was very much that and that's kind of where i get transported to whenever i hear the sound of this piano it's like a little bit out of tune but there's some slow chords and a light melody like a sad dance and just creates that ambience instantly throws me back there in my head that's interesting uh because to me the the sound of the piano instead of i mean i guess i didn't really have an anchor point like like you seem to have had for that kind of sounding piano 
but for me it, was, it had this kind of like almost obituary feel to it like you're you're like at a funeral or something where where someone has died and it feels like it was kind of reflective in some way like like people are just kind of gathered around and reflecting on life of someone that has just died but it, it's just kind of like i don't know it's it's just slightly out of tune and wonky like he kind of said and it, it just i don't know it gives an almost like unsettling vibe to it especially towards the end of the track it, it kind of has this sense of foreboding that i was getting it, it felt very uneasy to me well that uneasiness is it seems to be a, a theme here yes yeah. there's a slight unease to a lot of what's what's going on and in that vein i'm gonna go ahead and right off the bat say that like there's been previous like ambient albums like uh mm-hmm. loathes album that we did the um Daru's, point never yeah one of tricks point never like Daru, those yeah it seems like in my head i was instantly taken to like a storyline and this one didn't really do that yeah, I agree. <laughs> like, I, 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 for for better or worse, I, I I think that that is just an effect that that I was kind of like I don't sit down and try to force a narrative necessarily, but yeah, like you said, there there tends to be when listening to to the ambient albums that we've listened to before, there tends to be some sort of narrative that comes to mind or or some location that we're transported to. And a lot of that didn't didn't come easily this week, at least. I, I I did start to kind of go somewhere with it towards the the latter half of the album, but there there wasn't like a a fully coherent story in my mind. Yeah, it's I had a little bit of one at the beginning rather than the end, and this one, which I guess because of how lonely I felt a lot in the school that I was at when I was a kid. Um, it took me to like a post-apocalyptic world, but like an empty one, not like a Mad Max fallout thing where people are just fucking getting murdered all over the place. Yeah. But like, like the kind where you'd walk outside and it's just silent and there's like, like the ones where people get sucked up into alien spaceships or like they get turned <laughs> yeah. into dust. So you're just like cars are out in the middle of the street, half doors are half opened and shit like that yeah like yeah, that will smith movie i don't remember what it was called uh it was a i don't big remember movie. i feel I re- like i should know what it was called no, it wasn't <laughs> i robot it was i am legend was that that one yeah that's that right. one with the dog yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go I, with that yeah <laughs> but yeah that's kind of where i went for this one where it was like i was i was stepping outside of the church that I, I was picturing in my head and instead of seeing the normal congregation of your usual Sunday folks, it was just blank emptiness as far as the eye could see. That's interesting. I think I, I did hit a similar uh, story beat, I suppose, in the next track or in the next track or two when I was kind of spitballing what I was trying to feel, but I, I didn't quite get there. But I, I do like the idea of, of the first track being you're in in maybe not in a safe place but you're somewhere near your heart at least your, your past heart where, where you've kind of you have experiences and you're kind of stepping out of that so you're no longer in a safe place somewhere near your heart yeah it's weird to have somewhere so close to me that i can attribute music to like this guy i, I will give him credit for that track one and especially track number two 
titled In a Safe Place, Somewhere Near Your Heart. <laughs> Good segues. We're stepping up our game now. 2022, yeah. you better look out. We're coming yeah. for you. <laughs> We're on the horizon. Hell yeah. This one, uh, track two, has some more like ambient noise of like keys rattling and what to me sounded like unlocking of doors. The piano kind of comes in and it's a cleaner piano. It's a more like polished sound so it felt a little bit more optimistic but it still had this kind of dark foreboding for me and then you get this acoustic guitar that comes in that accompanies and it gives kind of warmth to the cold piano that that is kind of setting the vibe thus far on the album it still has like a, a twinge of like funeral vibes for me and then you get hit with this this noisy like tremolo picking <laughs> reverbed the fuck out guitar sound that comes in and it's super like overwhelming but not like in a repulsive way where i had like take off the headphones or anything it's just it's just very noisy and this is where i hit something similar to what you mentioned to me that experience kind of felt like we've been trapped in the long forgotten halls of some sort of asylum for years and this is that that big wall of sound is the light of the sun that we've not seen in so long kind of creeping in we've opened the door to the outside perhaps and we're just hit with this blinding light that we don't really know how to process and then towards the end of the song there's like some metallic ambient creaking noises that come in as the guitar fades and eventually the piano fades too that just kind of like leaves us with some sort of like whirling noise like we've passed out or something from being overexposed to overstimulated i guess by the sunlight i like that like it's interesting that you I guess uh, equated that giant wall of sound to the sunlight because I kind of did that too, but it, it was kind of, it didn't make sense to me in my brain why I did right. it, but it was just the sound. It, it, I mean, it's what it felt like. It was a so, sensation. Yeah. yeah. Like for me, it was like I walked outside of the church and was instantly hit. Like everything turned hot and orange. And I was like wandering outside in this barren, desolate place. And it was almost like a dust storm or a sandstorm whenever the wall of guitars came in where it was like I couldn't even fully open my eyes or register the things around me and everything was just like hot. The sun was burning. So like, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's like, it's just so weird to me because with other albums, uh, it seemed like we had, I guess we had similar journeys on some of them, but and I mean, on Replica, I think we kind of had almost the same journey, yeah. which was really weird. But it, it made <laughs> like without words, it does make it seem kind of crazy that we can both like come up with similar themes. Similar. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess that's the sound of music. Like that's that you're kind of going for a vibe. So general right. vibes are kind of. I, I, yeah, I don't I think I think general vibes is a good alternate title for this album. <laughs> just just the way that, that we both have kind of ambiguous, not super like finite imagery that comes to mind. We just get feelings from the instruments that are that are cold, that are warm, that are haunting, that are comforting, you know, whatever. Which is it's fun. But yeah. This this album stands out definitely because it doesn't necessarily pull it does it does nothing really comes into focus. I guess it's it's like you're looking at a blurry image of things and you get the general idea of what's happening, but nothing's really like focused. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, like it's, it's as close as you can get to any sort of uh, 
any sort of feeling or real storyline. It'll just like, it'll leave. And then you're just like, man, that storyline has really left us. Like, and yeah. And it, if you're stepping outside from your church, you know, you're, you're crunching on some leaves and then you're, you're transported to this bright sandscape. It, it feels like the leaves have left us. Yeah. Just like in track number three, the leaves have left us. <laughs> See, at first I wanted to do like actual leaves, but then I was like, and I feel split like it up. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I feel like the title of this, the leaves have left us like somebody's leaving and they have left us. I feel like there's, I got they're you. trying so to you're go... saying leaves as in a group of people. Yeah. Are called the leaves. But I mean, the leavers have left. Yeah. But I don't know. The, also the track following also kind of implies that there's some leaves and I think yeah. there's some merit to that, which is why I think it's interesting that you went into this kind of sandscape because it, I, I think I tended to go towards more like a, a cold snowy forest mm-hmm. throughout, throughout my journey. But which, yeah, track number three. That's, it, that's usually where I go. Like the, yeah, the wintry forest. So the, I don't the black metal. <laughs> yeah. Which, that's kind of something that I thought about throughout this. Like this one, I'll, I'll just get in. I'm not going to keep talking about my meta of where my brain goes <laughs> during music. But this one, it brings in like a slightly gentler guitar part again mm-hmm. that's backed up by another guitar part coming in to complement the melody, which is something that happens a lot on this album is like they kind of layer each each loop. There's like a, a general melody that gets layered on top of itself, kind of like you hear in like, I don't know, like in house music, I think I compared some ambient to house music where yeah. they're constantly layering stuff on top of loops of a melody and it just eventually gets this this kind of fuller sound. But this one, it has the guitar coming in to complement the original guitar melody all while, the, all while this uh, steady rumbling is heard in the background. And then the guitar melody kind of changes up about halfway through to something that sounds a little bit more progressive. Like, mm-hmm. I'd say most of the melodies that have been played so far are i don't know expected it's i mean they're usually like kind of minor sad sadder sounding things right but this one yeah like they're simple and this one kind of steps a little bit out of that and i kind of i like that and it felt it kind of changes like you were talking about the funeral feeling that general slow feeling from before this and it kind of it brings it back up a little bit. It it piques my interest. So the guitar one is cool. The guitar work is cool on this song, and it keeps building with more guitars. And I don't know. I just like the layering. I guess is the long wind or the short winded version of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely called that out in a very similar way as you. To me, I kind of picked up more on a location. I suppose I kind of went back towards. Whereas in the last track, I didn't really have much of a location other than like stepping out into the sunlight but that that doesn't seem to mesh with what i was getting from the song specifically and those you you call it a rumbling sound in the background it kind of like it was reminiscent to me of like a train rattling down some old rickety like tracks like underground in some tunnel or something and this track kind of like at the beginning it it is it has that nice warm acoustic but it was like maybe maybe we've gone back maybe we're in another dark place now the, the time for sunlight that we had is no longer here. And that, that kind of maybe was representative of some like false hope that we, we thought we had have found a way out, but we actually just got 
lost somewhere else in, in these deep, dark sub levels of, of wherever <laughs> they are. But yeah, it, it, I really enjoyed the, the the layering of the guitars, and it it kind of made me wonder if this this is the first time that I mention it, and I think I drop it until the end. But I was wondering if maybe the the layered guitars is implying that that there's another character on this journey that we've encountered somebody else as we're kind of exploring this this place. But it's still like that guitar sound fades out and it leaves at the end of the song, and it, it so it, it it feels like there may have been a connection there, but we kind of went our separate ways, and now we're we're still just kind of like walking in darkness with no real aim. I like that you went to darkness and the separate voices. Uh, Cause I, I, I think that too, like the layering of the, the guitars or the pianos that does happen yep. later. I don't think it ha- has happened in the previous two songs, but there's layering of pianos later where it's like the same instruments layered on top of each other. And I don't know if this is reading too far into it or hindsight being 2020, but me taking the guitar being layered over itself instead of having another person. I thought of it as the voices in my head are the separate points of view, I guess, are the separate layers of the instrument. And this one, it felt like I had slid into a small cave, I guess, trying to get out of whatever storm or bright sunlight, whatever. And I'm trying to figure out my next moves. It like in, in kind of a safe Haven away from the danger of outside. And as the guitar builds up, I can start to feel the confusion of my situation building in my brain. Kind of like, I don't like whenever the voices in your head get way too loud or just kind of like a a moment of panic or something. Yeah. Like that super panic attack moment where it's like, everything is way louder than it should be. And it's all beaming directly into your brain. And you're just like, I I gotta, I gotta, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. And it like, (laughs) it, it kind of gets rained back as the guitar settles down. So it, it, it just built up this moment of like panic and anxiety, but then brought it back down, which is yeah. just at the end. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, good descriptor. I think, cause I think I had similar feelings throughout a few parts on this album of just those kind of like panic attack moments where, <laughs> where you're feeling just overwhelmed. Like I said, in the last track, it, it, when, when the quote unquote sunlight hit, it was, it was just so overwhelming and, and encompassing that like it, it would, it, clouded the entirety of the thoughts that you could have during that moment so i I don't think it's out of line to to kind of feel in that direction where where now you're kind of you're feeling lost which i mean i guess is also i guess it's not specifically what you said but that's that's a good connection i think between us is that like mine felt directionless yours was kind of trying to figure out what the what the direction is what the next step is kind of a thing yeah, there was a lot of like internal directionlessness, right, and and hopelessness, and I don't know, and all this sun, things still feel cold. Like the leaves that have left in the in this song are just now they're cold leaves for for this violent ground that is just attacking us, and we don't we don't know where to go. Well, I think we should go on to track number four, "Cold Leaves for the Violent Ground." Man, this guy does not make it easy. <laughs> Did you think about our he segues doesn't. when you were writing your song titles? <laughs> what year was the, did this album come out? I'm pretty sure our podcast didn't exist. Yeah, it was 2005. 
yeah so so there we go yeah he's so inconsiderate of future people yeah what the hell man <laughs> one yeah, word song four. titles that's all i ask for <laughs> just one word if we make an album is it all just one word song titles yep okay i'm gonna hold you to that oh god <laughs> but yeah track number four uh this one has some more like really noisy ambience that kind of flows in providing a backdrop for the piano's return and this is where I, I explicitly called out, are the piano and guitar separate characters? Are they just separate emotions of the same character? Which is something that you kind of hit on in the last track. Uh, in this one, the piano felt a bit more hopeful, but it still kept a kind of cold sensation. Whereas the guitars are, are generally warm sounding to me. The piano always feels kind of cold. Like I'm, I'm walking through like a, a snowy forest or field, but it's still kind of like dark. It's kind of finding a balance, I guess. Yeah, that is a really good point because the the piano on this one, it is so lonely and like direct and it hits you so clearly. It's like, I think that's why I went back to my early life is because there's a lot of those pianos that you just find places that nobody has maintained. And you just the first note you hit, you can hear the hammer pounding in the back of it. It's just so like clanky, yeah. and it sounds so so inhuman. Whereas the guitar, I feel like the acoustic guitar, at least that they play on this, is like a nylon string because it does. It just sounds so warm and rich and full that it it's like the perfect opposite. Yeah, it's a good contrast. Piano, which I like the sound of it. Um, like it's just i guess maybe that's why it sounds so uh i don't know apocalyptic because yeah. i i feel like the guitar is me and the piano is just the outside world yeah but uh which maybe that's why like they are like you said different emotions and maybe that's why i didn't necessarily get taken on like a full journey is because it immediately forced me to kind of just reflect on what i would be thinking because this this song specifically is kind of where i stopped having any sort of clear story before it i was kind of in this post-apocalyptic world but this one it kind of just brought me inward and with the like the piano that's playing the melody on this one doesn't really change up too much until the very end whenever that white noise ambience in the background starts to fade away um, it, it kind of made me think of the storm clearing, but yeah. other than that, I was just kind of completely internal and I think still reeling from the anxiety that I felt in the previous song. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely a point to be made about this album kind of having a more emotional internal journey than a more cinematic or, or image based journey that we've had in the past which is it's cool it's fun that it that it does that because it's it's kind of like it's wild to think about how other ambient albums have differed so significantly from this in that way and that like it's still just music it's still just instruments being played to evoke certain feelings and emotions but in such a such a kind of specific way that is devoid of any imagery (laughs) in in both of our minds is kind of cool yeah, I I want to listen to more from the library from library tapes. I just haven't. I mean, I've heard single other songs just because okay. Spotify has like 
the top five songs by this artist or whatever that whenever I just click on their name, it starts playing. But I do need to do a deep dive. I heard that they have an album from 2016 called Escapism that in my reading online heard it was really good. So I'll have to try that one out. Like escapism is in there. You're stuck in some sort of prison or asylum and, and there's, you're sitting there scratching on the, on the window on each door of each cell trying to try to escape kind of escapism. Exactly. Just like that. And speaking <laughs> of that track number five, Jeremy, wouldn't you, wouldn't you know, is titled the scratches on the window and the doors of each cell. I would know. <laughs> I would 100% know. <laughs> I know nothing more than that. That's all I know. That's one of That's the seven I things know I know anymore. this week. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, on on this one, uh, the dark, somber sadness kind of returns heavy with the, the low, pounding piano. And it's once again joined by the guitar. And this one, it, it felt like there's more layers of melody in this track than, than in other ones. And it even has like a clean electric guitar that comes in on this one. Uh, and then some ambient starts to some ambient noise starts to kind of build slowly. And to me, that was like, okay, this feels like a point of convergence. This is, this is several paths of characters of beings kind of converging. And this is where I kind of went in a different direction. Narratively. It kind of made me wonder if these are like, if, if it was like, pardon me, this is going to get a, a bit poetic and esoteric. Oh but shit. It was like our our lost souls finding their way to the afterlife. Is that what this the story is? Where it's just a bunch of just not necessarily connected souls passing each other in some sort of purgatory and finding their way to the afterlife. Um, and then you kind of the, the the ambience grows loud and and warped and metallic and shoegazy, and the wailing sounds that just come from it just evoked imagery of like a tortured soul being punished for a life of sins where it seems like we're, we're just getting deeper and deeper as we progress towards our destination of the afterlife. And maybe it's not a happy afterlife that we're going to stumble <laughs> into. So it not being a happy afterlife, that's something that I didn't get the afterlife part, but the not happy part at the reaching some sort of threshold and the other side, not being happy. Mm-hmm. I totally got it. So that's, that's super cool. Because it does, it like, like you said, it keeps building up, and that that static in the back. Whereas other other ambient albums we've listened to, it seems like some of the ambience is pleasant, and right. it's like wind or nature sounds or something. This is a lot of like static and big building noises in the background. Yeah, it's, it's almost like industrial. Yeah, and it that kind of for me put me in a place where maybe I wasn't going to the afterlife. I was kind of the opposite, but waking up where it was like, I was in a dream and it wasn't a good dream. Uh, but then I don't know if you've ever screamed yourself awake, but like whenever you're snapping out of sleeping and you're kind of just like yelling in your dream, yeah. but which I mean, in real life, you're kind of like, <laughs> but yeah. then eventually you fully wake up and you're just like, ah, yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I'm awake now. <laughs> you you found the the precipice of the dream and, and the real world, and the the change between is such a fine line. Yeah, you don't have time to react until when you cross it, then you're just awake. And you're just like, oh god, that was deeply unpleasant. Yeah, and that's kind of where it took me. And I'm I'm gonna go ahead and preface this. 
because I, I liken it to a Black Mirror episode. Have you ever watched Black Mirror or do you care? I've seen it? an episode, but you can spoil it. I guess spoiler alert yeah. for Black Mirror if someone listening wants to enjoy Black Mirror. Definite spoiler alert. I'd go ahead and skip the next like minute or so of this this podcast if you want to watch it because I really like this episode. But there was an episode of uh, it was a Black Mirror episode where this guy he's like beta testing a an implantable game. It's I think like, I saw that episode. Really? Okay. Well, it's like this game that is like implanted into his brain that he's playing, and it's like he goes through this whole episode doing all this shit in the in the game and like it's i think it was like a horror game or like a yeah. mystery game or something and just playing this whole game just it seems like it's happening for like 40 minutes whatever the length of the episode is but then the end he just i guess his like mom gets attacked by whatever this monster is in the game and he's just like screaming mom 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 but then it flashes to the real world and it's been like half a second and yeah. he was supposed to turn his phone off because the, there was like interference with whatever waves were going on. And he got a text from his mom. Yeah. So it says it's flashing mom on his phone and he's just like screaming. And then his brain just fries. And that's kind of like where my mind went when I was listening to this. Like something in the real world affecting your dream mental state so much to the point where it's like influencing how your mind is working. And then you yeah. just kind of snap out of it in this moment of terror, I guess. Yeah. That I think that is the only episode of Black Mirror I've seen. <laughs> well, I'm but that, it's, it's a cool comparison to make. And I think that, that definitely happens on a obviously much lesser scale in real life. Like if someone is trying to wake you up while you're sleeping, oftentimes that kind of produces imagery of that person in, in your dream or auditory hallucinations while you're in that dream of the person saying a thing. And it, it's a big movie trope as well, I guess, of, yeah. of someone's alarm going off while they're in a dream and it represents itself as something else in the dream or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that. I like that interpretation and I, I'm really excited to see where, where, cause it feels like this is a divergent point for us yeah. within this album. Uh, and even, even from this track to the next track for me, I, I kind of backtrack and change the direction of things. And I get, I get a little, little more poetic as, as the album ends in the next few tracks and, and just kind of like I let myself give in to, to everything so that's fun well backtracking is fine because we're just going to end up repeating ourselves like a broken piano because <laughs> broken pianos <laughs> loop themselves like a broken record speaking of broken records and broken pianos track number six is part one of broken piano which what the heck man that's track six it is part one you're it a liar is. And, and track one was part two and i i'm sure it was intentional right yeah. it, it has to symbolize it has to mean something some sort of loop or connection in my mind i didn't make the connection but i feel like it, there was intention there yeah it, it wasn't just that like eh, well this one happens to sound better in this place which i mean it could be but in my tinfoil mind there has to be a reason for <laughs> it uh but yeah so this is the this is the return of the broken detuned piano and my mind took this as like the piano. This is the piano being played by some sort of like court jester in hell. This this is some like purgatory holding room where we're just sitting here waiting to be judged and sentenced by Satan himself, just kind of like waiting. And, and this jester is playing music to quote unquote entertain us while we're we're waiting. And then we kind of hear some floorboards creaking 
towards the end of the song. And this was like, okay, that this throws everything off. Maybe we're in some <laughs> sort of attic and I've lost all sort of like context for narrative at that point. And then I'm like, okay, I've got to, I've got to bring it back in. So perhaps we never left our asylum and we've only journeyed from, from one wing or one portion of the asylum to the next. And we're journeying downward and downward and downward sub level by sub level into the dark depths that are below in this kind of abandoned asylum only to arrive in the attic of hell. So, so we're kind of going down and then like, okay, well, wait, that doesn't really make sense. And that's also kind of the stupid thing to say, but <laughs> so perhaps it's not hell. Perhaps the perspective has shifted to that of a God, but it's not like a benevolent God. There's no being of hope. It's, it's God as this final judge, jury and executioner of every soul. And our fate is hanging at the whims of some like cosmic being kind of happening. And that's maybe where the, the attic implication is is that there's someone above us watching and, and guiding and controlling us so like the old testament god yeah who will just the, the fucking, angry god yeah the one who will just fuck you up because it was it was almost like not even christian god it was just like ambiguous omnipotent being like a cthulhu kind of thing just some like old god figure to me see i i don't i mean i like your your interpretation and i i don't feel like an attic necessarily has to even be outside because outside of hell i guess i mean i'm having half thoughts here <laughs> but uh, i really shook uh, you up <laughs> like, oh my god oh your god oh some god oh, oh the god but this this kind of overarching I don't know, the creaky footsteps, it sounds like something's following you, or something's trying to look for you, is kind of what I got. So, I think our monsters might be might be similar. It's just that yours is a god, and mine is a general feeling of terror. Because where you went to the afterlife, I kind of did go divergent path, and this is like the real life, where it's like, I, had, I woke up from a nightmare in the previous mm-hmm. song but I woke up to another nightmare and this while the piano is playing, it sounds like something slowly lurching and walking while the piano is playing. And then you hear that creak creaking floorboard. I feel like I'm trying to hide from something and like there's quiet pained moans that I felt like I could hear behind the piano. I don't know if they're actually there, but it sounded like I could hear them. And it was just this thing was just, like trying to find me and the piano felt like it was getting just like punched like played so hard as the song went on and i was just like whimpering in a corner and instead of whatever i however safe i might have been in this dream i am definitely not safe now and i think that might be where our paths converge is the feeling of just like not being safe <laughs> I like that a lot. I I am curious when when you when you say you've woken up from a nightmare into another nightmare. Are you talking like reality is the nightmare, or are you having some like Inception thing where you're just nested in several nightmares and you're not really sure what reality is? I think it's that reality is the nightmare, but I honestly can't be sure. It's just like you can never be sure. Maybe we're in the Matrix, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't be sure of anything, so do your like thing, it. man. 
try to try to unplug yourself from the matrix and, and hopefully you won't find yourself alone in the bright lights of a shattered life that was left before you in reality man if you were in the matrix you would definitely be alone in the bright bright lights of a shattered life whenever you uh unplugged because dude the fucking world in the matrix was so so not good it's so would... not good <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh... if, that, if that does happen to you we, we've got a song boy have i got a song for you <laughs> track number seven alone in the bright lights of a shattered life which is also oh. the title track that it, they said the thing they this, said the thing, this, this is the thing. <laughs> they did it the, the piano on this one where the broken piano was very boisterous and loud and and broken this one it starts off like really lonely and reverby it it sounds really sad and reflective and the guitar eventually comes back in to accompany the piano but that doesn't really change the sadness in the sound it slowly builds up with each instrument taking over new melody work, like doing that layering thing that they, they've mm-hmm. been doing. And uh, it comes back, which I do like this effect that they have, where it's like, as each layer is added and each new instrument comes in, they kind of divert from the melody that the, the other one is playing just to do this little, like, I don't know, lead part over it. But then it yeah. comes back together to give the melody a fuller sound each time. So it's like, as the guitar comes in, it kind of does a little bit of something breaking away from the melody, but then comes back. And then as another, as another piano comes in, it kind of plays its own thing and then comes back. So each time you're getting a little bit of a taste of something new, but then the melody is being reinforced even more each time something else comes in. Yeah. I I like that. And I, I kind of manifested that, in in this kind of final track my my thoughts kind of come complete i think whereas they've been kind of scattered and have been like thrown for <laughs> loops and not really sure how to tie everything together but uh yeah like you said it has a bunch of different like it has a clean piano it has the broken gestures piano as i called it and and to me that was like th- this track has all of the elements of the previous tracks where they could be characters they could be emotions however you want to call it but it, it seemed to me that this is symbolizing the reconciliation of what is old and what is new and this kind of contrast between the hope of possibility and then the finality of death just just kind of contrasting, kind of a yin-yang kind of situation. Everything's coming together and the guitars come in and they're kind of warm and guiding. So my mind kind of went in this direction where maybe the distinct instruments are different spirits that are guiding us on our journey, each of them having their own desired destination for us or a desired outcome for us. And it's, it seems at times the intentions were treacherous, but this final track, we kind of find the peace and acceptance that, that suits all of them. All of their roads point to here, whether that's you know destiny or fate, it feels like we've removed all purpose of choice because every path every suggestion leads to the same place and to me that was like there's there's no true freedom there's no meaningful journey only a fixed starting point and a fixed ending point and to me this realization is like it's destructive to our sanity because the song explodes into some like burning bright noise and to me that was like us lashing out with every fiber of our being against quote-unquote fate 
and yet we're still being dragged forward to the, our final destination not the movie but <laughs> the concept of final destination and it's it just like we're hopeless and then it the song kind of like scatters and dissipates and and then we're nothing at all so it's just kind of this this last fight against fate realizing that nothing we have done has mattered as a society and then we explode and our our soul disperses and dissipates into the void until there's like there's no trace of us ever having existed there's no memories of us because time cares for no one hell yeah dude what a fucking ending <laughs> yeah it's, it's a big downer finale but but that's where it went and it, it kind of tied to at least it maybe it was just me trying too hard to to connect the the imagery of like having having hell and having heaven and having lost souls and and all these things kind of culminate but that's kind of where it went for me i like that like the whole concept of having free will in a world where there's an omnipotent being that's supposedly watching every move or or has created you or whatever like yeah. it it is something that has never sat right with me and uh, shout out to Rush, the band. <laughs> Go listen to the song "Free Will." And is this is this our first Rush shout out? I find that hard to believe. I I feel like there's probably been one somewhere, but uh, Rush is awesome. Go listen to "Free Will." Go go listen to the whole album of uh, just listen to all their albums. Actually, you know, <laughs> just listen to Rush, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Listen. Also, another one. Uh, that's kind of I feel like in a thematic same vein as Free Will. Listen to Roll the Bones. That's a good good <laughs> song. It's an underrated album because it came out in like the '90s and nobody listened to '90s Rush, but yeah. you should. But back to the topic <laughs> at hand and your interpretation of the album. I really like kind of the the lashing out where it's like, what has this all been for? I haven't been. What am I just a pawn in the scheme? And then it ends. It's just done. And you're yeah. just nothing like there's a definite finality to th this song is the longest song on the album at nine and a half minutes long. The last like three minutes is essentially just the song becoming silent. Yeah. And it's a very final feeling to this album where whereas you took it as the death of all of these souls or the final death of all of these souls, the erasure of all of them and their consciousness that they had. Um, I kind of went in a, I won't say an opposite way, but because there is still the nothingness, but this was me or whoever this, the protagonist in, in my mind is the static building back up reminded me of the screaming that I felt in track five, but less like hopeless screaming and more like a cry out into the distance just to kind of get all of the anxiety out yeah but in doing so whatever was chasing me it found me yeah <laughs> maybe not the best move <laughs> but it was just like all of the emotions inside of me were building up to a point where much like i how i was screaming to wake myself up from the dream i was screaming here to attempt to wake myself up from life reality yeah and and it, it ended the only way that life ends <laughs> being stabbed by some monster that's been hunting you <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah that's that's crazy that's i'm glad we we had different finales for for this for this album pretty distinct experiences overall i think i mean obviously there's some similar themes and stuff in there but 
yeah it's this is good shit this is i don't particularly love this album as an album i, I don't know if i'd go back and listen to it again uh, but there they, it was a good experience it was fun doing this i love listening to to ambient albums and stuff regardless of whether i think they're quote-unquote quality music or something that i'd want to revisit but but yeah this, this is fun and also to not to not end on such a down note <laughs> I, I guess uh i i think ultimately the album the album's quote-unquote storyline is probably less dramatic than what i came up with and i think the less dramatic interpretation of what i've said is just like i don't know we, we spend all of our lives worrying about what happens after we die and we kind of trap ourselves in thought about that instead of just accepting that we will one day die and one day we will be forgotten and that we should focus our energy instead of on the future, focus on what we have here and now because time is the only meaningful resource and it's not something that we have any control over. Definitely. Like it's like that, uh, that quote that somebody out there said once, where if you uh, obsess about something bad happening before it happens, you're only putting yourself through it twice. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people need to con- like put that in context with death or with whatever they're worrying about in the afterlife. Which, I mean, is easier said than done. Like Death for sure. is for sure. essentially the most final thing that will ever... It's the biggest thing that's ever going to happen to you <laughs> in your whole life, because it's going to end your life. But, like, I don't know. If you're going to spend your whole whole time obsessing about what happens after you die what are you living for i guess but i don't yeah. know that's easy to say as a non-religious person i don't have for sure, I don't for sure. <laughs> i mean a lot of people turn to religion to find i guess a similar comfort and and to have some sort of faith in where their afterlife is that way they don't have to worry about it i guess but i, I guess in that in itself is worrying about it to some yeah. degree but yeah this was fun this was this was good good discussion it was, it was a good easy week to i love ambient albums because that means i don't have to read lyrics so yeah. you, you know i'm all about it <laughs> <laughs> well tell me that next week's album won't have lyrics jeremy uh, uh, i don't uh, know because oh. uh, we're, we're going in another another new uncharted territory not completely uncharted territory i suppose but next week we're going to be listening to the album cross pollination by the artist lane eight uh, the album came out last year. It's it's another pretty short. It's seven seven tracks, thirty three minutes. Uh, so it's it's gonna be another relatively quick listen. But I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Lane Eight came up when I was listening to uh, Rufus Dussault's new album. So I believe it's in a similar kind of housey electronic, maybe a little bit of trance kind of vibes. So so that's what we're getting into next week. I'm um, all about that. So so I, it felt right. And it's it's it was an easy pick for me because I, I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it this week and I forgot to pick an album until we were already starting this episode. So I was like, okay, we're just gonna we're gonna do Lane Eight Cross Pollination. So that's what we're doing. Uh, let us know what you if you've listened to to this album this week with us by Library Tapes. Let us know what your experience was with it and if you had some sort of vivid narrative to it or if you you had similar experiences or different experiences. Let us know in comments. Send us tweets. Do the, the social media stuff that we loathe doing here at the <laughs> Podcast. I promise we'll respond. It's much it's much easier to to engage with people when we know that they're they're listening and, and they're responding to us. So so do that stuff and stay in our feedback loop. Bye.